Welcome to Go Home Eat, a wrestling podcast. I have Jared here. Ray may stick his head in. Who knows? We want to thank the Gin Project real quick. G-I-N-N Project for all they have helped us with. And we want to talk about Impact Wrestling, AEW Wrestling, and one, the belt. One thing. One or two things from New Japan. <laughs> Belts, plural? Yeah, there's two of them. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, I'm going to try to run through Impact fairly quickly. Did you watch it? No. Good. Good. That'll make it quicker. <laughs> Havoc, Nevea, Fire, Flava. This was a match to get a chance at a championship match. I feel like they've been wrestling each other for like two months. Right. But the good thing here was we're not going to have a championship match here because Havoc eats the pin. Nevea walks out on her. I would guess this leads to Tennille winding up with her at some point. Should be fun. Also, great women's division, including tags, which is always admirable. I think Nevea went online, I think last night or today, one and said something about how uh, I guess somebody said somebody hit her on her Twitter feed about how women's wrestling was stupid or something. She was like, <laughs> What on earth? and I was like, Women's wrestling is literally the best thing about pro wrestling right now. <laughs> There's I some don't, incredible stuff going I on I constantly. I just can't. If you don't like women's wrestling right now, I, and, and if you're an Impact fan, get out of town. That's the best part of the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, if you know who Nevea is, saying you don't like women's wrestling is crazy because the only way you know who Nevea is if you watch a show that Deanna Perrazzo is putting on bangers every week with. You know, it's like, ugh, whatever, people. James Storm is going to have his thousandth match tonight, and he talks about it. Yeah, he does tell a cool little story about how there was a guy who passed away earlier in the year that would go to the powers that be at TNA and say, you have to give these guys America's Most Wanted a chance to be in this company. They're talented. And we wind up getting, he says, you know, EY, you'll have your buddies there. I'll have my buddies here too as, as Jake something comes up and Chris Saban comes up. Still feels weird saying Jake something. Yeah. And... Then Saban said, oh, I brought somebody, too. Chris Harris walks up. Tag team partner. They bring him in for this moment. A good moment. These guys, you know, started things out. There is a podcast. I'm trying to remember where, who Storm was talking to. It may have been Jericho. Jeez. I think it was Jericho. Could have been Stone Cold. I'm sorry if I don't remember. But he tells that story of Harris deciding to go to the WWE and things didn't work out there. And he tells the story about how he had tried to convince Harris to stay and that when Harris got there, I don't know if he was overwhelmed or whatever, but the people just didn't feel like the effort was there. And he always wondered, you know, what would have happened if we had both gone together, not necessarily Storm's career because Storm's happy with his career, but maybe Chris could have yeah. done, done maybe more they could have as, as a pair been more successful. Yeah. Right. Right. But Storm has had a, like I said, a thousand matches in one company and the ebbs and flows of what he has seen over the course of it. TNA was has been a wild ride and impact as well. He was in some incredible matches and he was in a really bad match. Yeah, the blindfold match. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, all all DUI is injured. Yeah, there is no way to have a good blindfold match. It, it was they kept falling off. That was the funniest part. Was they just kept falling off like they just weren't secured, so the hoods kept coming off. But uh, EY is injured. Yeah, he's like ACL. He may have gotten injured in, in, in this match. Woof. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember that part of it. but um, I mean, that that's one of those injuries that it feels like it should be like a devastating moment that you absolutely know. But sometimes, like with uh, Xavier Woods, right, He just it just ripped. He right. was just running and it just ripped. Well, and two, like a lot of those guys wear knee braces. Yeah. So just because, you know, if you tweak it and you, you, you feel it, you know it's hurt, but you can finish the match and you don't know for sure how bad and you take the brace off and you're like, oh my God, I can't. Yeah. You know, adrenaline's an incredible thing as well when you're in these things. Now, Peraza winds up running down Jazz on the mic a little bit. Susan comes in to run down further until Jazz attacks. This will spin out and wind up being a Jazz dreamer conversation where he says, you can have her, but you got to put something on the line. And she Jazz offers dreamer. to put her. She winds up putting her dreamer's booking said show I know no I'm just I'm thinking in my mind Jazz Dreamer would be a great name for like a ship like if I got like a boat of some kind I'd call it the Jazz Dreamer 
or a restaurant or a restaurant or a club or an, anything that's Bistro. just a great name that's my superhero name that's my <laughs> that's my band name that's yes you know yes. it's i you said that and it was like the whole like cellar door thing where it's just a phrase that feels good to say yeah jazz dreamer jazz dreamer oh, yeah. yeah you can't even say it loud just a jazz dreamer oh, yeah. you whisper <laughs> you know what i mean and you find a hat to wear like a cool hat okay but jazz says i'm going to put my career on the line dreamer's like no 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 don't do that she's like no 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 by god putting the career on the line here so jazz may be done pretty soon she was i I mean she was planning on it right she was gonna quit i think she lost on i quit match and then wound up for whatever reason staying so it makes sense that she got a little bit more run than they wanted the the muta retirement right 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 right. (laughs) wrestling retirements are funny anyway right Sammy Callahan versus Larry D with AC Romero there. A tough, hard-fought match. Sammy goes over. They beat him up post-match. And Sammy would later want to know why on earth Trey Miguel did not come help him because he helped Trey earlier. And Trey's like, well, I don't like you, for one. And that turns into you don't have passion, but you could be everything that wrestling needs. I've carried this company by myself on my back. On my, I've carried this company on my back by myself. You could be that guy to take us to another level. I can push you there if you will come along for the ride. Next week, I want to face Triple X, and you need to be my partner. To which Trey says, hell no. Yeah. And Sammy says, well, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Master manipulator. Right, right. Okay, Finn Juice highlights in Omega is with the Good Brothers and Don Callis. And Don Callis kind of says, well, you know, I can kind of see what the fuss is all about, guys. You know, we're watching these. They're pretty good. They're a lot better than they used to be, you know. And Good Brothers try to no-sell it. And Omega's like, I mean, they really look good, you know. It's, that turns into <laughs> some form of a whisper-off because they have plans to do something else. Everybody seems happy with whatever the whisper-off is, the little phone booth thing where you whisper to each other and the tail changes around yes, the room, but there's only yes. four of them, so how much could it change? But whatever. They're well, all fairly creative storytellers, so who knows, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, the Good Brothers, I'm, I'm certain, embellish. Yes, <laughs> correct, correct. Um, anyway, moving on, we wind up with Brian Myers versus Suicide in a match. Uh, this was okay. Uh, Myers thanked them for putting him in a mid-2000s video game match with some dude. <laughs> okay, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yes. His finish is called something like the roster cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. It's, and then uh, Matt uh, Stri- Stryker screams out as he's doing it, don't answer the phone on Fridays. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> it's the best part of the whole thing. And then, of course... He says, I'm not, you know, Cardonis wants to fight me and I don't want to fight him because I, why would I give him the rub is what he's basically saying, which is great. I have the rub here. Not a bad gimmick, honestly. No, it's it's good stuff. And I, I like that whole segment. That was fun. The Tony's paid ad. I'm starting to think that Tony decided to do these paid ads in order to practice his on-screen character for Dynamite. Lord howdy. I think he needs to. Because <laughs> he, he was... um. Is I hate to say it, but is his on-screen persona going to be coked up, Daddy's Money guy? Because that's what it felt like. Then I don't. Maybe not coked up. Maybe uh, oh, he's not currently, but but something. You know what I mean? Like he's way upbeat. Bull testosterone. Yeah, something's going on with him there. Right? It's wild. It's just I don't really want him to be an on-stream character because he had that that one thing on Dark Elevation. I don't know if you watched it where he comes out in the Kenny Omega match. It was it was not a good promo. It mm-hmm. was it was it was just not very good. Right. I, I try, I'm not trying to be like overly critical. It was just not very good. Right. Uh, it wasn't convincing. It wasn't anything. And it's like, well, these these backstage promos at least have some level of character mm-hmm. and flow to them. Well, and two they're taped yeah absolutely it's it's totally different going Mm -hmm. and doing a live thing and in front of an audience absolutely absolutely um swingers palace is invaded by don Callis and kenny omega and they want to know what the odds are for the match and he says it's you know it's kind of one-to-one right now swinger says and and Callis says um 
Let me show you this highlight film on my phone here. The, the, through the wonders of technology. And Swinger looks at it and goes, man, that's amazing. Yeah, nobody's ever kicked out of this, Swinger. And Swinger says, man, I'll tell you what. Well, I think the odds are going to swing highly in your favor now. You know, and he, so he switches the odds around. And to which um, they decide to put a bunch of money down, on probably too much for Swinger to take as a bet, on Kenny. And I couldn't help but think that is the complete opposite of what you would do in real life. You yeah, would not. You would want to bet highlight reel, unless the galaxy brain play is to purposefully lose to Swan to make lots of money because you put money on Swan as well. Right. They would have to do that secretly, though. Yes. Because under what, a pseudonym. What this looks like is the definition of I was hustling backwards. Literally. <laughs> Wake up and get those breadcrumbs. Am I right? <laughs> Just. Yeah, I, I don't know I'm why. I'm going to bet 20 grand to win seven. <laughs> <laughs> when a minute ago, I could have bet 20 to win 40. But hey, instead, TJ Alexander versus Ace Austin. TJ, TJP and Alexander versus Ace Austin, Madman Fulton. This is fantastic. I mean, it always is when these guys get together. Um, the contenders wind up arguing, which cost them the match. The contenders for Ace's title. And then, of course, Ace gets the win with the roll-up and gets out of there as quickly as possible. Don Callis walks up on Willie Mack of Ray's Music Reviews fame. Yes. Um, and... <laughs> Willie Mack took a picture with Ray many years ago when we were at a WrestleMania week. That's where that comes from. That's them. Maybe I'll put it up on our website. WrestleMania thirty-three. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And um, so Callis is trying to discuss Swan's issues with Mac. Swan comes in, and says, "You know, don't talk to my boy about my problems with you." And blah blah blah. And Don Callis says, "I feel like if I wasn't." the vice president of operations in this company, you would punch me. And Swan says, I would. And he says, well, I'll tell you what. And he starts to take off his watch, I believe, if I remember correctly. And he says, so there's a record, uh, uh, we're recording this, so there's evidence. For the next 10 minutes, I'm not your boss. I'm Don, by God, callous. Five-time Canadian heavyweight champion. You do exactly what you, and about that time, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers jump him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was but not... when he said, I'm done by God, callous, I was like, oh. <laughs> Man, Don, Don does some good character work. <laughs> he is such a little shit. He really? Yes, I, dude, I love the, the Excalibur calls, the living embodiment of garbage. <laughs> yes. Oh, my human, God. Living up to his reputation is human scum, Don Callis. Yeah. It's it's perfect. If, if he isn't scum, he is really good at acting like it. But uh, he it, he's great, though. He's I, I thought he, when he was on commentary for years, I thought it was hilarious. He's so dry-witted and funny. Just mean. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, mean. 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 But not in like a... You know what I mean. Yeah. Like I, I find him fairly harmless, it seems. Like, yeah. I don't know the guy. I don't, nah, and yeah. I don't, and he doesn't do enough social media for me to really dive into who he is as a human. But anyway. Honestly, a lot of these performers, I kind of prefer that. <laughs> or I wish. I wish. <laughs> James Storm versus EY in match number 1,000. Bunch of folks outside. Strong performances all the way around. Like you said, EY may have been injured during it. Um, well, after things get really, really crazy... EY winds up outside of the ring trying to kind of intimidate Harris, and Harris winds up hitting him with a right cross, rolling him into the ring while the ref's looking the other direction. Super kick, one, two, three. Harris goes good over. Super kick on he James. always oh. has had a good super kick. And so that was a you know good way to end it. Now let's get to the main portion of our wrestling week. AEW Dynamite starts off with an incredible bang. Christian versus Frankie. Kazarian, Christian's first match in seven years. Frankie is a fantastic worker. Jared, what do you think? This match was awesome. It was. Uh, it's a lot slower paced than a lot of their like traditional opening matches are. Yeah. But again, it was one of those times where I was watching it, and I'm like, man, AEW gives me a lot. It really struck me the contrast in style of how Christian works compared to the rest of the company. Yeah, and I think that's in a positive way. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, the same way FTR struck me the first few times they wrestled in this company. And knowing that Tony and Cody and Jericho and those guys want him to be a mentor to the new talent, want him to be in people's ears. You saw him... the, The announcers may not have... They may not have told the story quite like I would have, in yeah. a way. As, as, as they kept pumping Christian up, what they were leaving out was the fact that he hasn't worked in a while. Because hey, what, I mean, oh, his selling was so good. What I'm seeing is a guy who is getting beaten up because everything's not crisp. But it is crisp, and like, the story he's telling is being told crisply. He is selling properly. Every move looked like it hurt. He gave every big moment time to breathe. He, when he got on offense, was spot on. It wasn't like that. It was purposely telling the story of, this is the first time I've done this in a while, and I'm in here with somebody that's really, really good. He guts it out, finally gets the shot. And the story is kind of also a, I'm trying to get, Kaz is trying to get his finisher in, and Christian is in deep waters and continuing to try to get to his kill switch. Finally gets it. Boom. One, two, three. It's over. Fantastic. Dude, this, I mean, there was so much about this match that was was so enjoyable and good. And I think, dude, he literally, I mean, Kaz looked like he was laying it in a bit, but every time he got hit, he literally had that, like, middle distance gaze of, like, oh, yeah, that's what it's like to be punched, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and that, right. that's what it's like to, to fall and, and hurt, and, and my right. body aches. And it's, right. it's, he had that. It was it was perfect selling. Absolutely, and he he's getting you know manhandled for the per- first portion of the match before he finds an opportunity to be a little smart and get an advantage right uh, by using his momentum against him. It, yeah. it was just it was perfect match. Right, absolutely, it was awesome. Right, you know who he said he watched the match with? Uh, Edge. Yeah, that's awesome. I I, <laughs> I love that to death. I don't know. They get on a, a Discord call and watch it, and they're like, "Well, Edge is living in his house." Really? Oh, so they Edge just like filming in Tampa, which put it is up on Christian the TV. Lived. Yeah. So when when it was over, he went home, and they literally. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I hope he's proud of it, man. That was yeah. it was great. He he that was kill switch too. He, he said they kind of uh, discussed different things. Who they are, you know? What I mean, they talked about, it, but he said, you know, they were both very happy with it. You know, which is shoot. I don't. Well I don't be. want to undersell Frankie either. Frankie is a fantastic worker, and the way he sold the kill switch looked like he got shot, <laughs> which was perfect. Frankie is a guy every company has to have. Honestly. You just know. someone who can, you just unbelievably reliable. Right. And a great storyteller in addition to just being a good worker. Right. And now every now and then, and they've done it recently, they've given him the opportunity to have some really good singles matches. You got to put that guy over every now and then. Or oh, else yeah. it doesn't matter. But this was great. And, I, and Frankie now went online and said, I just want one, period, more, period match too, which was a Christian thing years ago but we'll be interested to see if they I wouldn't mind watching them do it again then we get a Darby film session which is the Darby Allen former film school dropout giving us and I, I love these things he does by the way Sting is there and then um, he has the thing where he takes a mask of Matt Hardy and puts it on himself and then later burns it up symbolizing different things as he says that Matt needs to understand or is doing all that he's doing to mask the fact that he is just money now, not really a performer, and he will prove that to everybody. What did you think of this? Pretty good. Cody versus QT in an exhibition match. Nightmare family around the ring. Cody was wrestling to me like a big jerk. Huge jerk. Right? Huge jerk. I'm going to go out here in front of people, and we're going to wrestle. And every single time I get the chance, I'm going to belittle you by rubbing you on your head, backing away because I've dominated you for just a second. Imagine somebody saying, I want to be independent of you, and you grabbing them by the head and giving them a noogie. That was this match's story. I get why QT's mad. <laughs> I'm assuming that, that that has to be. There's no way. Okay. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Am I wrong? Yes. I don't know if that's that's the intention. 
No, that's not what JR was selling. That's that's the thing that killed me. If it <laughs> happened with no commentary, it would it would feel way like I feel like okay, Oof. QT, you are a huge jerk for doing this, and this is completely wild of a reaction to have. But I at least understand why right. you felt that way. But uh, eventually, QT gets so mad he drops Arn with the right cross. I love and, that. And then, I did like that that moment because I, I I just like I felt like I glanced away for a second. I glanced back and Arn's on the ground, and I'm like, what's going away? Right, right. QT goes up the to the uh, runway area there, the outside of the ring the nightmare family winds up half of the family winds up attacking um aaron solo what, nick camarado and uh anthony ogogo what's the medal winner in the olympics name uh anthony ogogo he hits cody in the chest hmm? olympic boxer hurts him pretty good there um they are going to kill cody it looks as if uh well no, no. dustin gets attacked and D- dustin gets, gets split open Naturally, somehow, no yeah. way there was a blade. Hard way. I don't even think he got hit in the head at first. No, before he came up bleeding. It's like what? <laughs> he was bleeding a lot too. So he <laughs> took, took a couple aspirin. He's like, "Don't get me. I got you, Cody." And he gets pile driven on steel. Shit's out. Oh, my God. It's yeah. It was okay. too much. Right. And so then, of course, Cody's going to be killed. And then Red Velvet runs out because she was his tag partner last weekend or whatever, last two weeks ago, for the save. She she doesn't give a shit about Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Dustin can get bleeding, uh, brain damage. Who gives a damn? Right. Okay. So, Cody? My God. Think of Cody. Yes. Now, in defense of this moment, just mere moments ago, Cody put out a statement and we listened to it and it swung the program around for you a little bit. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Where it, uh, he cuts a promo for, it was like a the AEW house show announcement video, and he cuts a promo just standing there with Tony. By the way, AEW is not doing house shows ever. They already said that until the announcement today, in which case they are now doing house shows. Hey, yeah. House shows was killing the business. <laughs> I think they're just taking advantage of WrestleMania weekend. Which Cody also said he would never ever do. That's their that that is theirs, and to be there would be. So he used a word that was like infantile or something. Interesting. However, however, there will uh, be a house show at WrestleMania week. Yeah. I'm no, not, I think it's going to be Jacksonville though. It's not like they're going to Tampa. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, they're they're staying in Daly's place. I guess it's just to, I don't know, maybe get people who are going on the way down. Why not? You got, I, a, yeah. you got a whole bunch of talent. Why not wrestle? I get it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. I do kind of hope they put it up on YouTube because it's a pretty good card. But I totally get. If they don't. Anyways, uh, it's just like him and Tony standing in front of a green screen. Classic interview style promo. And it was just great. Cody wasn't yelling. Cody wasn't crying, screaming about fans. He was just talking intently. And it was it was compelling. He talked about how QT was just not a competitor in the same way that he was. Was that he, he is self-aware of all the pyro and everything that people criticize him for. And he says, that's why he does it more. I thought mm-hmm. it was really good to, I've a, got, you, you complained that I have one show. So now I got another. <laughs> Go ahead. Which I, I just, I like it at, at the very least as like a strong character direction for Cody. Mm-hmm. It at least provides some method to the madness. Right. And characterizing QT as someone who is cowardly and not enough in some ways valid. And in other ways, Cody is being a huge jerk about it. Right. You know, I at least there's like a couple layers to this now, right? At the at the well, very again, because the uh, promo on uh, the dynamite thing was just a, a, a little confusing. It was just again, I don't know why Red Velvet came out and like threw herself over Cody. Mm-hmm. She's like a weird stand-in for Brandy. Right, it's right. a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but when you talk about this company and, and its ability to self-correct, right? Yeah. Post that match, he probably saw some of the negative reactions. He said, "Okay, QT is being." thought of as vanilla why is he in this with me i'm being thought of as over the top how can i pull those two things together he also talks about how i find this interesting when i say i'm owed i owe nothing to anyone except the people who have afforded me these opportunities therefore i do more who afforded qt the opportunity without even mentioning his name The only people I owe are the people who afforded me these opportunities. I afforded, he didn't even say a word about QT, but what he let you know is I afforded that dude the opportunity and look what he's done with it. He's not 
He's not taken that venom elsewhere. He's not tried to be effective elsewhere. He brought it to me and to my porch. He will have to deal with the consequences of such behavior. I like that. It was great. It was. It really was just just a. He's probably the best promo I've ever seen Cody give. He's a really good talker. It's you, just, you forget yeah. until he goes out there with a the mic and just does something really great, and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. This is why people really like Cody. Yeah, oh yeah, it did. It's like Cody. I got I got major problems with Cody, especially in recent times. But every sometimes he just gets me, man. Well, the other thing is too, he is so over the top so much when he does dial it back and explain to you matter of factly why I am who I am. It hits home even more so than when Jr. is calling him a kid. Dude, Jared was calling like 50-something-year-old people kids, man. He called Christian a kid. And I guess at his age, yeah. Well, and he probably signed both of them to their first contracts. Exactly. You know, so why aren't they kids to him? You know? It it does make sense. Right, correct. Okay, now, um, cutting back. You know what I can't wait for in the Cody QT Marshall match? When Marshall breaks out the claw, (laughs) Cody spins... 15 minutes trying to break up for <laughs> I gotta watch a better Dusty match man. we'll have to find a better Dusty I match I can't let that be the flavor no. in my mouth for Dusty matches no go back and get you one of those old Ric Flair <laughs> Dusty matches um, the one where he wins the first title over, over that would be one to watch okay Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page it seems are now tag team buddies because they're mad because they haven't had a chance oh uh, Scorpio just got a brass ring and wrestled for a TV title not that long ago. He lost. But he had a chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ethan Page, uh, I get where Ethan's mad, kind of, but, I mean, you've been here, what, a week? Been I mean, about did you hear the crowd when he had a match last time? They, I mean, they were shouting defense. And yeah. And there were weird, like, basketball noise. Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I... It's strange because I thought for sure Ethan Page was here to be singles pushed, and I thought Scorpio was getting a singles push and then back in the tag team. But I also get there's a whole lot of really good singles wrestlers, and you got to figure out something to do with them. There's a whole lot of good tag wrestlers, too, to be fair. Again, it, it's strange. Right? It feels a little full it, it, in a it, lot of ways. Yeah, it, it feels like we don't know what to do, but we know we need both these guys to matter. So, Which, to be fair, I probably will watch that match. I really like Ethan Page. Scorpio Scott can wrestle too, yeah. man. They're good wrestlers. Okay. Now, Jade, want, Red Velvet has a promo that does not get fully utilized because Jade beats her up backstage. Love Jade. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Every, every week, I like Jade more. Mox promo. What do you think promo. about it? Great. Always. Always. Literally yeah. 100% of the time. Him talking about like his skin itching where he got hurt and he like takes his shirt off, jacking shirt off. It was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Mox versus... Uh, Cesar Benoni. And what did you think of this? Ryan Nemeth and some other dude outside. J.D. Drake. Yeah, they have a little weird little stable. Uh, mostly on dark and elevation and such. There's Moxley. Mm-hmm. Then there's Stables. Yes. That's the, that's the show. <laughs> but I, can't, it, it I does, can't tell you exactly who's in everything, but there's Moxley and then there's Stables. It does make him stand out. Mm-hmm. As as a lone oh, wolf character, and yeah, he goes out there and he gets the snot beaten right. out of him right. because there's like four dudes in the ring. It's right. it's part of his character, right? But uh, it was it was pretty good. I didn't expect it to go through commercial break, but I mean something has to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the finish. Yes, they all tried to interfere, and then Mox winds up getting put into a position where he's going to get bombed, but instead he slides over the back and gets the choke chokes the oh, guy dude, out. That dude. They were selling it so I freaking like good. I do like that he's sleeper holding big guys. Yeah, oh, it, oh, it's great. Completely it old school sense. and great. And just, it has a little bit of that Princess Bride where he jumps on Andre the Giant's back and he's like, I, I know what my problem is. I'm used to fighting like entire armies and you're just <laughs> one guy, you know? But it still, it works, right? I love it. I love it. I Team, love that movie, man. I, I love the thing where he just goes, I could kill you with this rock. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, what does he call it? Like unsporting or unsportsmanlike? Some, oh, dude. Yeah, that absolutely. So absolutely. Team Taz. And this is a Cajun Starks kind of continue their feud with each other, which is not really a feud, but banter, I oh, guess. Oh, I love it. And then Taz kind of tries to make you forget that you just saw all that. I thought this was pretty good. It was a good little segment. Mm-hmm. I, I love uh, people are popping for Hook as well. Kind of meme, meme-like. 
they're popping for Hook. Absolutely. They love Hook, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's pretty buff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. MJF has gotten the entire group of Pinnacle a stylist, and they're going to have their whole their locker room completely done. He says, then we're going to get rid of this nasty bathroom, opens the door, and lo and behold, the inner circle have been awaiting in the bathroom this whole time. They attack. They bludgeon Pinnacle. Uh, actually, when they when he goes to leave the other door, because they don't want to fight who's in the bathroom, Hager's, he, Hager's the out door. there. And so then we wind up, inner circle totally cleans their clocks, this new faction that we have. Chris Jericho, to the point, puts MJF's head in a toilet bowl. People online loved it. They put MJF's head through the Pepsi thing, which I'm sure they got a little nice little advertising pop for putting his head through the thing. Someone was thrown into an ice bath. One of FTR, maybe? Yeah, one of FTR, and then the other one was bludgeoned with a chair and bleeding. He was bleeding as well. And then they did... uh, Which that probably was natural, because if you hit somebody with the wooden split end of the corner of a chair, which he didn't do, but you know... No, yeah. No, but uh, evidently, people were saying that was like a reference to like an old Tully feud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the uh, chair. Actually, Tully and... Arn? Tessa Blanchard. Uh, Tessa Blanchard's stepdad, uh, Magnum, Magnum TA. TA, they had an I quit match. Yeah. And, and um, Magnum TA, put, he quit when he put the wood onto his head and was pushing down oh. into an open wound. Oh. And that's that literally awesome. is the callback there. Which that's is fantastic. Yes. One FTR member got an ice bath. Yes. And the other got bludgeoned with a chair. Right. <laughs> and so, and then um, Guevara picks up Spears. Spears and. Double S. <laughs> Double S. <laughs> and gets him with a go to sleep. I love that move. It, I did too. But, okay, here's my problem with the whole segment is... Yeah, we, we talked about this in, uh, in our group chat for right. a bit because it's... Why? Why so soon? Anyways, why so soon? Pinnacle needs to be formidable. We need to rebuild Spears. FTR could use a bit of a rebuild. Yeah. They could a use at least stronger some direction. Steam. Yeah. And yet here we are... And Inner Circle completely runs roughshod over them. Pinnacles had one match. How, like if, if if like I said, if I want, I, I think Guevara can do everything in this company. Yeah. But if Guevara and Spears, who was there because he's a bruiser, are in a hallway, Guevara probably shouldn't win that fight. No. And him just picking that dude up and GTF go to sleep in him makes Zilt sleep to me, and then slamming his head in the door after he's done. It's going to be hard for me to fathom Spears as a competitive issue. Now, like, like we said earlier, though, the flip side of that is I want Guevara to be everything in his company. I want Pride and Powerful to be everything in his company. And it looked like they were a big part of this fight. Maybe we finally get the Pride and Powerful moving into the consistent we should have a belt picture. Maybe Guevara gets to challenge for that TV title and become a, s- a single star like he could be. Maybe we'll see, right? I'm I'm hoping. I mean, again, it, it it's just weird that it was so soon. I don't get me wrong. I really liked the segment. I thought it was produced really well. Oh, absolutely. I, it, it was in some ways like an oh yes. This is but crazy. it's also and the we're inner booking. circle viciously attacked an old man about a month ago. Oh, and the inner circle's been horrible to everyone around for them this whole years, time and the entire yet, time. Now I have Tony and Jr. screaming Justice. how wonderful this is. Justice and prevails. it's like what? No. What? If if Lex Luthor and the Joker get in a fight, there's That's... no good outcome. They're both bad. <laughs> I mean, maybe they destroy the other one, and that's good, I guess. But that doesn't like absolve. Everybody dies. That's... that's the good outcome. All right. So anyway, anyway, moving on. Don Callis excuses Nick Jackson from a conversation because the adults are going to talk now, and Matt. And Jackson and Callis talk, and Callis gives him the what for. Tells him he's dead inside. Says, you know, Kenny needed you there, and you weren't there for him. You let him get beat up. Who are you as a performer, as a human? What is going on with you? You weren't even there for your dad when your dad got beat up the other day, said by Inner Circle. Yeah. I like how they, they again, immediately after the Inner Circle triumphant return, Justice Prevail segment. Mentions they, that. They brought up the fact that they beat up an old man. Right. And then he slaps Matt upside the head. And then Matt grabs him, chooses not to hurt him, and Callus belittles him for that. It was a good segment. 
It was. It was. And then we get Laredo Kid, Penta Phoenix versus Doc Anderson and Omega in what I thought was fun. Yeah, I just I the good brothers don't do nothing for me in ring wise except for the Carl Anderson did a couple moves that were good. There was uh, like a I don't want to call it a claymore, right? I don't. But it was it was kind of a claymore. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, when you say hey, they gave you a little bit of everything in the match. Doc getting in there and putting it to a screeching halt. Oh yeah, really considered everything. <laughs> oh yeah, they really they brought in just the the see what was missing from all these really good matches was just portions that suck. <laughs> I feel like that's always missing from AEW matches where they have like amazing performers like Phoenix, Penta, Laredo Kid. I'm just like, man, what if we slowed this match down to a freaking crawl? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so um. Uh, it was it was good, dude. Laredo Kenny Kid does a win. he gets a Michi Noku driver, I think, on Kenny, and he's a high angle. He drops him right on his neck, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kenny winds up going over. Yeah, and then of course we we think we're going to get this beat down thing, but then Mox comes out, and then the Bucks the Bucks come out, and Bucks are straight up combative at this point, which right. I like. And so Kenny and them, of course, had to try higher ground. And I guess it was a backstage segment where, which I don't think was on the show, but just like on Twitter or whatever, where, or maybe a still shot of the Bucks holding their hands out like they're the shield and looking <laughs> over at Moxley and Moxley looking at him like, what? Which was classic. I like that. that, that right. That's that's another one of those like. That's great. I do, I do like that kind of humor where it's just that's like, really, oh yeah, come on, man. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. I always like, wanted to be in the shield. It's like, uh, what? what? <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't have my vest anymore. <laughs> Kevlar. Kevlar counts. Um, I don't have the hair for that anymore. Brick comes out, uh, talks up Elevation, and says that good. that's a good place for Thunder Rosa to um, build up her numbers again because the only big win she's gotten, the biggest win of, his career, of her career, is one nobody remembers her for. And it didn't count, by the way. It was unsanctioned. <laughs> And, I, and Thunder hit her back with something about the biggest win of my online about the biggest win of my career was actually winning the NWA title, and every time I've defended it since, which was a cool little yeah. thing there, right, right? Good back and forth. Then we get, oh wait, I almost forgot. We get Big Money Matt with Nyla Bunny, Private Party, Blade Butcher, Dark Orders here because Conti and Sheeta are going to wrestle Nyla and the Bunny. I thought this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Turned out pretty well. Mm-hmm. A lot of moving parts in that thing. Yeah, I think Conti's offense looked pretty good. Yep. Now, Vicky winds up distracting the ref, and we get the kendo stick shot and the uh, down the rabbit hole for the one, two, three by the bunny. Dude, I'm so happy to see Allie back. More it's than, Easter. More than anything else, it's Easter. <laughs> Why wouldn't we have a bunny going over? Right? I'm just glad to see Allie back. <laughs> I'm going to ignore the joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that I'm really glad to see Allie back. Uh, I'm just glad Easter's here. I like Allie quite a bit. I like bunnies. They hop. Do you like butchers and blades as well? <laughs> Not as, I do like butchers, to be totally honest. I, I enjoy food. That's fair. Butchers are awesome. Okay. Miro, Penelope, Kip versus Arcade Anarchy. Best Friends. And we get a lot happen here. There was we a lot get, that happened. The Statlander is in the what? UFO catcher. <laughs> the UFO catcher. She makes her huge comeback, which I thought was great. Yeah, you, and I, that's I not the it, only I, one? No. I, I uh, first. Well, first I want to bring out uh, Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Yeah. Being OC's entrance music, which is just spot on perfect. Right, right, right. It's incredible. I know he came out to Jane by Jefferson Starship. Jane. Wait, no. I'm getting my wires crossed. It's a song called Jane, though. You'd recognize it if you heard it. He couldn't get that one. Evidently, they like just didn't even respond to TK's emails, which is kind of funny to like big league of billionaire. Anyways, uh, now is it the Ballad of Jane or Jane Says? I'll look it up in a in a couple minutes. But where is my mind is just perfect. Okay, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. just spot on perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it rules. Right. Um, Chris Statlander shows up. I like her new makeup. Uh, she like Being slaps, an alien. yes, she, she slaps the plexiglass right into Penelope Ford and she posted online the image of the plexiglass where it just has like an outline. Makeup and lipstick. 
from Penelope's face. <laughs> it hit her like square on right, right. in the face. It was, Absolutely. It was phenomenal. Per- perfect. Uh, we also get the return of Sue. It's the mom of Trent. Yes, and Trent, who is oily. Who's there with... Greased so, up. Yeah, that, that seat is ruined that he was sitting in. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, he had his denim tuxedo. He had his Canadian tuxedo on. Yes. The denim yes. jacket. This match had... Oh, this match Everything. Awesome. They fought through an arcade. It they was fought an through an arcade match. Um, at one point, Chuck Taylor jumps off the Mortal Kombat machine to jump onto Miro. Uh, Kip is useless. Excalibur references... Uh, I forget forget what the actual show is but the whole line of i know writers who use subtext and they're cowards yes <laughs> which i i love to death especially with the statlander ufo thing it's mm. just yeah. no subtext right all text right it's so fun i love this match i re- i watched it again it's so fun miro was booked like a monster yes oh my god i love miro in this iteration of his character he's going to kill Kip on Wednesday and yeah. I cannot wait because right. his whole thing was like I don't really want to be having this match you wanted to have this match because you feel like you are not avenged yes I want to move on to bigger better things but I am your friend right? and now he's going to absolutely kill Kip and I can't wait Kip was useless useless every time Kip, but Kip was barely in this match Right. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing it's not that I don't like Kip as a performer but it was a Nero match Right. Need well, the have... takeaways needed to be that Miro is a monster and the best friends, Orange, Statlander, are back and ready to be a big deal again. Yes, and I, it's just the, the end and moment. please, just... let's move away from this program. Yes. Uh, they, if it, I excuse everything about this program because it led up to this match. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it was it was everything I enjoy about Goofy Wrestling. Okay. It was a comedy hardcore match. It right. was perfect. Right. I lo- we watched uh, I know we watched one in DDT recently which was just also funny also had a Lego spot I believe right Lego spots are vicious everybody knows what it feels like to step on a Lego oh it's th- it uh, hurts I-, I bring it up constantly but in, in terms of like hardcore death matches yeah. uh, I think it was June Kasai talks about he always wants to use things that people have uh, like visceral memories of so he made this like weapon that was made out of sh- really sh- like cheap Knives, because everyone's cut their finger with one of those, mm-hmm. so everyone knows what it's like to be cut by that. Mm. So when someone gets hit with a, you know, plate full of them, you know how bad that hurts. They, right. There's a connection. It's not just like if someone gets run through with a sword. I got no idea what that. Not that that would happen in a, a death match. No. I don't know what that feels like. Right. I don't know what it feels like to be put through a table. Right. I know what it's like to step on a Lego. It yeah. sucks. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> you had a good night watching this wrestling. Fantastic. I, and just the, the ending moment of the show with the group hug while mm-hmm. Where Is My Mind Playing, literally picture perfect. I right. just It fills my heart with joy. Right. I really, again, it really did. It got me in the, just right in my heart. I was like, yes, right. this rules. But the real thing that happened this week in pro wrestling happened in New Japan when we had the introduction of take it away uh so they have merged the iwgp heavyweight and iwgp intercontinental titles they have merged them into a brand new title known as the iwgp world heavyweight championship they debuted the belt this has been this has been going for a while that ibushi was talking about it we knew it was coming we knew it was coming um i kind of was just hoping they would just keep the uh iwgp v4 um because it's the best belt in wrestling it was. It was the best belt in wrestling. The last great belt, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I actually like the GHC Noah. The Noah one's kind kind of nice. I think uh, I think AEW probably has. I, the best. I like belt, it right? less. This I agree. I like it a little less than I should, though. There's there's something perfect about the IWGP version four. It was like it, well, you see it on Tanahashi and you see it on Okada. I agree. You see anybody with it, and you're like, "Wow, that guy is a freaking star!" Right, I agree. Um, they debuted the new belt, and the reaction has been very negative. Uh, I'm going to give a very lukewarm defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very lukewarm. Right. I don't love it. I don't. I don't. I don't despise it. Um, I think it looks way better from certain angles than others. Like the the image that got posted to Reddit has it like really really highlighted and bright. And I like you see Ibushi like wearing like holding it up, and it's not like directly in the light, and it looks way better. 
there's a picture of Jay White where he put it on to be a huge jerk and it looks pretty good. It's it's its design is just very odd to me because it's not at all like the old belt. Uh, the design on it's like angular and I I don't I'm trying to think how to phrase this. It looks just just the design philosophy of it is way more modern than a lot of rest like wrestling belts and talking about wrestling belts is weird because somebody will say like a belt is just hideously ugly and i'm like well i kind of like it right uh, it comes down to design sensibilities and i do like things that are angular and shiny and kind of i can't i don't know exactly how to phrase it i don't hate it though right, right. I, I could maybe learn to like this belt depending on who it's on but i i what if it was on cody's neck it does. It is in the shape of Cody's Nightmare Family tattoo, which um, I felt like someone punched me in the mouth when I saw the image of the Nightmare Family logo edited over the belt. I, I was just horrible. Um, I will say, when I was watching the debut video, they flicked from the new belt to the old belts in like the little video package. And I was I was thinking, because I was trying to... I don't know if, it's, if I'm just trying to make excuses for New Japan, because I like them, even though they've been uh, questionable... Mm-hmm. Off and on, we'll call it that. Yeah. Um, but they they flicked from the new belt and they showed the two older belts and I literally I'm just like oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, they got rid of my favorite belt in pro wrestling, bar none. It's strange. I've heard it looks like Cody's tattoo. I've heard it looks like the old Divas Championship a little bit. Yeah. Shout out to Big Swole. Also, then defending the Divas Championship like she should. Absolutely. Shout That's, out to Big Swole always on social media. I have not seen her have a misstep there. She's always right. Right. She don't miss. Right. Neither. Um, I don't know. For me, it just looks like a common common writer, like Power Rangers, Super Sentai. <laughs> right. And I don't, I don't even necessarily. Yeah, I don't even necessarily mm-hmm. mean that in a negative. Like that's what I'm talking about when I say more of like a modern design philosophy. Mm-hmm. Is it? It looks cool. Mm-hmm. I say I. This is an audio medium. I put air quotes around that. Um, just I don't know. I, I I want to like it, but I don't want to hate it. I don't I don't hate it. I, I don't know. My my feelings on it are now, wild. You, you sent me a picture of it in po- superimposed or whatever on Jack J White J White the other day. Oh, I think he. No, it wasn't even superimposed. I mean, he just took it and wore it because he's a jerk. Oh, and it looked really. Good it looked on him. pretty. Yeah, it looked really good. Where it's it's like oh yeah. But then again, it's like, that's Jay White. Yeah, right. Like, Ibushi puts the, holds the belt, and I'm like, oh, that looks really good, because it's Ibushi. Yeah, right, right, right. The man is carved He's from marble. Champion. Right, right, right. <laughs> he has that aura. It's it's just the, the entire, this entire ordeal is so funny to me in so many ways, because, like, in, in kayfabe, and in real life, too, I'm certain of it, like, all the other top stars hate this idea. <laughs> Tanahashi, Tanahashi just carried the company on his back with that belt, for that belt. Mm-hmm. Okada, his legacy is that will be Okada's belt to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and and just, I know a lot of people are really unhappy with this direction, and understandably it so. It also seems like you're distracting away from a new champion. Yeah! That that's that was my next point, was was like this this just feels like you're just dunking on Ibushi. This feels like you, you just put that on his shoulders as just this, this weight to bear. Right. This is this is on you. And People now, are going to blame you for this. Even right. even if not technically. You know what I mean? Everyone's right. going to associate Ibushi with that new belt. Regardless of how it works out, they're going to associate him with destroying the legacy of those belts. Even Absolutely. though that's that they said hundreds of times that it's not that. Right. It still kind of feels like that. Right. Now, how about the new belt? Uh the New Japan Strong Belt? The New Japan Strong Belt for the tournaments they do in the Americas, I guess, will turn into that belt, and then it'll be defended after that. Yeah, um, I like it. But first off, I kind of like it. The the uh, the way good. it looks is nice. Yeah, I, it's good for a small belt. It just looks fancy and yeah, belt like in a more classic way. Uh, I'm just confused as to what its goal is supposed to be, because. I feel like if you were going to have a New Japan belt for the U.S., mm-hmm. like a, some kind of IWGP U.S. belt, wait a second, they have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> John Moxley has it, and he could have dropped it. Yeah. And he didn't, and now they made a new belt. 
I I just don't understand the the point of that belt. It, it's it's weird. It's for for me the the U.S. heavyweight belt would have been, which a by the way is now the best looking belt in New Japan. Um, that would have been it. Right. For for my New Japan U.S. expansion thing, that would have been the the figurehead of it because it's gorgeous. Right. It's great. John Moxley's had it out of right. uh, you know. There's a, a lineage there that's impressive. Rather than this this random belt that just feels like a mid card belt for a U.S. expansion that's already pretty mid card. Right. I, I say that with love. I like a lot of the performers there. Absolutely. But it's, we've enjoyed the tournaments we've watched. It's, it's been great. There's right. some great wrestlers that they're bringing in for it. It's just it's not. It's weird. It's just an odd choice to right. make. Now, you had a great wrestling week. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see that the uh, door is being issued uh, another challenge? The door between companies. <laughs> By who? Uh, after WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin will be yes. interviewing on the Broken Skull Sessions a one Chris Jericho. That's cool. I thought that was so cool. Right. Right. I did too. And then I saw some pushback online, but there always is. Always. But uh, I, I will watch it for I know. sure. I, I, I will be fascinated. It was really funny because on April Fool's they posted a video announcing something for Broken Skull Sessions mm-hmm. with Jericho's countdown thing, and everyone was clowning on him like, oh, you didn't have any other countdown music? Lo and behold. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was actually, but again, nobody expected it. The fake April Fool's joke. Yes, that's the best ones where they get you. I can't imagine... Like, I don't know where this goes. I do think that it's fascinating that Stone Cold felt comfortable, evidently, enough with Vince to ask. And that Vince was like, sure. Which I don't know what his exact wording would have no, been, but... I, I read I read it, and he evidently... He just, like, texted Vince. And Vince was like, yeah, sure. And then he, like, he, he evidently has, like, trouble texting Vince sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he like asked with like pure clarification, no no weird wording. Can I have Chris Jericho on my broken skull sessions? And Vince just gave him a thumbs up. Which, <laughs> the idea in my mind of Vince sending like a thumbs up emoji <laughs> to like that request is probably the funniest thing I can think of. <laughs> so, but it's also like he said okay, and then he asked, let me be clear, it's Chris Jericho, and, 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 and he doesn't work for us anymore. <laughs> and, and, and Vince is like, yeah, I said yes earlier. I'm still saying yes. He's just like, is something, did he not get my last I'm text? rewriting Raw for the 73rd time today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a great visual in my mind. Before I go out and slay the babies. <laughs> let me let me be clear. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, the evil Vince, like, yes. like Vader. Kills babies. Yes. Yes, of course he does. Like Snitsky. He <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Okay, and so this has been a Go Home Heat production, copyright 2021 for Jared. Go home. Awesome.